Indiana Bible College is committed to training tomorrow's apostolic ministers today. And this is the Indiana Bible College podcast. Today on the podcast, we are here in 2023, our first episode of the year, and it is coming from our campus pastor, Reverend Jared Turner, preaching on the topic, Sowing to the Spirit. I always enjoy hearing Brother Turner speak. This was preached at the end of the semester in chapel to the student body, and we hope you enjoy it. Trust you will. The spring semester here at IBC is full from IBC Live, now happening two nights, Thursday and Friday this year, to our spring preview weekend. We have so much happening in this semester, and we're excited to bring much of it to you here on the podcast. Let's get right to Brother Jared Turner preaching IBC Chapel. I'm going to be from the book of Galatians, chapter number six. Book of Galatians, chapter number six. And I just want to say while you're turning there, it is always an honor to preach at IBC Chapel. I'm so thankful for what this pulpit has stood for over the years. I am so thankful for the commitment that you all have made to serve the Lord, to answer his call. And I'm thankful for this great staff that stands with me on the platform. And I love each one of them dearly. I'm very grateful for them. I'm thankful for the leadership of Brother and Sister Galleon. And there is nobody on the face of the earth that loves IBC students more than Brother and Sister Galleon. And I am so thankful for their leadership in my life and in this school. And of course, Brother and Sister Carson and their leadership at the school. And in my life personally, I want to give them honor today. And I give my wife honor in her absence. She's watching the girls. We had, once again, had a little bit of a tough night. And we had a tough night when she had to speak. And she reminded me of that as we're awake in the middle of the night. She said, I did it. You can do it. So I'm here I am, and uh, we were walking up that ramp when she spoke. She said, I can't believe you're making me do this. And, uh, but she would, I give her honor. She did a wonderful job, and, and I love and appreciate her. She's a gift to me, and uh, God writes good stories. God writes good stories. So you need to let God write your story because he writes good stories. All right, let's, let's look now. In the word of God, Galatians chapter number six, verse number six. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. So I like that verse. It means that this preaching and teaching thing that you are entered into here at Indiana Bible College, it is, in some ways, it is a communication. You will get more out of your time here if you talk back, not with an attitude, but if you ask questions of these wonderful instructors, if you say, what is it that we believe? If you really get a hold of this thing, it, there is that form of teaching, even in gospel teaching, that is this communication, this, this back and forth so that you can be established in what is true. That's a good thing. And then verse number seven says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Now that's that's strong, very, very strong. And and I want it to be strong. 
That's okay. I'm just going to let it be strong. But I also want you to just notice that there's a, as in most things in scripture, there's both a positive and a negative side of that. God is not mocked, meaning you can't fool God. You can't fool God with your carnality, right? You can't fool him with your carnality. That's the strong part of it. That's the negative side of it. God is not mocked. You can't hide things from him. But also, you can't hide things from him. You can't hide your faithfulness from him. God's not mocked. He looks down and sees the real you. And depending on the status of your heart, that either encourages you or makes you afraid. Either one's a good thing, depending on where you are. Because if you're in carnality, if your mind is enmity, the Bible says against God, you need to, you need to have the fear of the Lord a little bit. You need to be afraid. But, it, but if you're being faithful and you feel like nobody's seeing you, you need to be encouraged that God sees you. God is not mocked. He's not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that will he reap. Whatever you put in the ground, that's what's gonna come up. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. There's an if there, if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith of faith. So I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about sowing to the Spirit. Sowing to the Spirit. You can be seated. Now, there is a principle, I think I've mentioned it, that you know those that labor among you. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing to know those that labor among you. It's a good thing to have a, because even in the pastoring or the teaching of the church, there is a relationship that happens. There is a relationship. So a preacher is going to be hard pressed. Now, sometimes you're called to do it, but it's very difficult to preach something that the congregation does not desire, at least in some part, to hear. Right? If, if conviction and holiness and righteousness is not something that stirs the heart of the hearer, the preacher is going to have a difficult season. It's going to be tough. And so in some ways, the pulpit calls forth, the, the pew calls forth from the pulpit. It, it, it draws it. I remember over the summer, most of you were not here, but Pastor Carson preached about the amen in the church and how when, you, when we stand and clap and say amen, that, that, that strengthens the congregation because it says what kind of church we are. When the preacher is preaching about holiness and you stand and say amen, that strengthens somebody who might be on the fence to say, no, this is, this is the kind of church that this is. This is the kind of church that I belong to, is a church that loves holiness and loves righteousness. So there is this relationship that comes between a church and a congregation and the preacher and the pastor. It calls forth something. And so there's this, this thing where you have to know those that labor among you. And see, that's the beauty of IBC is that... Uh, we that labor among you, you know us. Most of you have been to our homes. I'm sure nearly everyone's been to a staff member's home. And if you haven't been, you will be soon. You know us. You know our heartbeat for you. 
And, and that, that kind of blossoms that teaching experience. It, it grows it in the classroom. There's credibility. It's, it's not just the truth of the ideas. It's the truth of the lives that applied the ideas. You will know them by their fruit. And then if you, if you like the fruit of their life, you can say, all right, even if there's something that I might disagree with or that pushes me, I, I'm going to have my heart open to it. So for, if you can kind of bear with me today, I'm, I'm going to be a little strong at the first part of this. Because like I said before, there, there is the positive and there is the negative side of this passage that I read. And I'm going to talk about both. Brother Rodenbush, he's not able to be here today. He's not feeling well, and we're praying for him, quick recovery. Just said he had a cold, and we're praying that the Lord takes care of that. But his, his late wife had a saying when she would preach. Sometimes she would say, I'm not here to comfort the afflicted, but to afflict the comfortable. Well, I'm going to kind of modify that today. And really, I'm here to do both. And it depends on what camp you fall in in your heart. If you're comfortable in carnality, I want to afflict you because God is not mocked. And so you're already behind the eight ball whether or not I preach this message or not. It's, it's not. it's not me that's putting you there. It's your own heart in reality that's putting you there. You see, the, the preacher has a duty to reality. We are bound by this word. It's not whether or not you want to preach about hell. You, you, you're bound by this word. It's not whether or not you want to stand for righteousness in this generation that is wholly committed to legalizing unrighteousness. It's that you're bound by this word. You don't have a choice. Ask Jeremiah, did he have a choice? He was preaching a very unpopular message. He was preaching a message of surrender and what people were saying, you're, you're being anti-nationalistic. You're, you're wanting us to compromise. But he said, I'm tired of preaching this unpopular message. But he said, the word was like fire shut up in my bones. So a preacher has a duty. A minister has a duty bound by this word. So if, if, if you're there today, I, I, I want to afflict you because you're already afflicted in the eyes of heaven. But the mercy of God is a preacher that will come and say, thus saith the Lord. But see, maybe you're not there in your heart and in your life. And maybe you're in this other camp. And I'm going to talk to you too because the Bible is beautiful. It, can, it just pierces right into your heart. It, it, it's like a two-edged sword. It's like a scalpel. It just can get right to where you are. And it, it depends on your heart. So this verse, we're really going to focus on chapter 6, verse number 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. There's not a word in there you don't understand. They're easy words. I don't think you need to retranslate that to, to be able to understand it even better. I, I, that's, those are simple, that's simple language. If you don't know the definition of one of those words, you should. You need to add it to your vocabulary, look it up. But there, it's simple. The meaning is simple. But the application, not so simple. That's with a lot of the Bible. Meaning, the meaning is simple. Application, not so simple. What does it mean to sow 
to the flesh. What does it mean to sow to the flesh? Now, there is, if you're going to understand the word sow, it's of course not talking about stitching up a garment, right? That's not what the meaning of the word is. The meaning of this word is to sow seed, right? Now, we're here in Indiana, and we do a lot of farming. Now, not me personally, but I've been surrounded by farming. I guess I probably come, you know, if you're from the Midwest, you come from farming stock. It's somewhere back in your lineage. Somebody was farming. But not us, thank, thank the Lord. But because I've read a little bit about farm life, and it, I, I like the city. I'm grateful for running water and no outhouses. And, um, you know, slopping hogs, you know, we've had some of that in our family, slopping hogs. And, um, you know, that's, it was a pretty dangerous job. I've heard stories. Uncle Bill, I've heard stories of, excuse me, that's, he's my uncle if you didn't know that. We do have the same last name, Brother Turner. We, I've heard some stories of jumping over that fence and slopping the hogs and then getting out before they run you over. And I, I'm grateful that's not me. But <laughs> hallelujah, thank the Lord. I just buy my bacon, fry it up. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I love the grocery store. All right. That's, uh, that's me. I sew in the cart. All right. So, but, but that has not been the experience of human history, right? Sewing is something that is an act of faith. It's an act of boldness. Now, I also lived in Arkansas for a while, and in Arkansas, it's the land of massive corporate farms, huge farms owned by corporations. So if you're going to be a private farmer, you're, you, you have it pretty rough. It's a tough job to be a farmer to compete with these massive industries of farms. So what you have to do if you're going to compete is you have to grow a lot of crops. And if you're going to grow a lot, you have to sow a lot of seed. And if you're going to sow a lot of seed, effectively, you need to buy a lot of seed, and you need to have a lot of equipment, and you need to hire a lot of hands, and you need to get it in the ground. So what farmers do is they take out a loan to sow their seed. Now, that's a precarious situation. It's an act of faith because it costs you everything to plant that field everything. You put everything on the line. And if that crop doesn't grow, you're bankrupt. So your summer is spent in agony, worrying, wondering, hoping, believing. That's why the ancients, a lot of these ancient gods were the gods of weather and the gods of fertility in the ground because they, they, they saw it as a miracle. And so they would try to do obeisance to the gods so that their crops wouldn't die and that their societies wouldn't die. And so even today in modern farming, if, if you don't have a massive corporation behind you, 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 you have taken out a risk to plant, a risk to sow. And so you're wondering, is what I'm sowing going to reap, going to grow? It's that question mark in your mind, and it's that question that I've come to answer with a resounding yes. Because let me put it, let me just use my illustration, and no illustration is perfect, but, but this is the one the Apostle Paul used, so it's, it's a lot closer to perfect than one that I could come up with. So 
this idea. If, if this is, let's just go to the mind of the farmer. If you are worried about reaping, you might hold back on how much you sow. Right? You, and so I kind of talked about it at the beginning with commitment. If you're worried that you might not reap, you might only sow a handful, what you can afford with cash money. You might not go all in. You might not put your house as collateral to sow the entire field. You might just sow a little corner. Or you might be tempted to buy insufficient seed. Or ones that are, you know, they have all these strains now that are resistant to all these diseases. So you might be tempted to cut the corners if you're afraid that what you sow, you will not reap. But if you are confident in the miracle that is seed going into the ground and dying and then rising up into food that not only you can eat, but you can sell and will pay off that debt and will enrich you, you will leverage every ounce of collateral that you can muster and buy every seed you can find and rent every piece of ground that you can rent and you will fill that field as full as you can and still allow it to grow because you know that when you reap, it's worth it. But if you're questioning whether or not you will reap what you sow, the danger and the temptation is that you won't sow the proper things. Because it doesn't really matter. Because I don't, I'm not sure I'll really reap this so I can sow this now. I'm not sure I'll reap it later. And you see how it affects both groups. Wherever your heart is today, it affects you. If you've committed and you're faithful, maybe that the enemy's whispering in your ear and saying, it's never gonna pay off. It's never gonna pay off. God's not gonna come through. It's not gonna pay off. Nobody sees your faithfulness. Nobody sees your commitment. But maybe if you're also afraid, that, well, I'm not gonna reap this. I, I can sow some carnality and it won't come back to damage my ministry or my relationship with God or my salvation. I can sow a little carnality and I won't reap it. And I've come to stand against that lie that's put out there. Because it is a lie. Because you, God is not mocked. You will reap what you sow. And so you all are in a season of sowing. Now, in some ways, we all are that are alive. We're not fully reaping the reward of a faithful life because our lives are not over. So I'm still in a season of sowing. But so much more so you here at Bible school because you are planting things in your life that you will reap after you walk out of the doors. You realize Indiana Bible College is not your ministry. I, I appreciate every opportunity that you get to minister, and I know that you can be effective. I've, I've been ministered to by students. Chapel sermons, solos, songs you've written. You've ministered, but that's not why you're here. I've said it all semester. You're here to be ministered to. And so the platform that you have isn't, you're not there on your own, your own power. You're there because you go to Indiana Bible College, not because you're so-and-so name. 
When I preached MSAs, it wasn't because I was Jared Turner. In fact, some, sometimes when the Spirit was really moving, they just had me go up without introduction and not a person in the audience knew my name. Literally didn't know me. I was just a stranger, but I was an IBC kid, so they listened to me and they loved me and they gave me you know, money and food and thanks and told me my message was great when it really wasn't. And they just came up beside me and they loved on me. And you know what? That church, those churches ministered to me more than I ministered to them because they, had, they, they understood what they were doing. And they, they loved, they didn't love me per se. I mean, they loved me as an individual, but they had me because they love IBC. Right, so, you know, you, 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 if, if you're singing it live recording, it's, you're not just there under your own power. You're there because you go to Indiana Bible College. Nobody would come to hear you sing. I'm sorry, but that's just true. They come to hear Indiana Bible College sing. Nobody would come to hear you preach. They come because it's Indiana Bible College, because there's, 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 there's this authority that you're stepping into because of the institution and the faithfulness of those that have given their life and served here, and they, 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 they've sowed some things. And so it's an example, you reap what you sow. It's an example. So the, 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 the danger is, is you get lied to, and you start to feel that, that kind of that arrogance that comes up that says you're not gonna reap what you sow. You can get by with it, because you can preach and see people respond. Now, there's this kind of illustration that I, I, have, I, I heard it, I don't know, and if someone in here has preached it or heard it preached, I'm not trying to take shots at anybody, but I've, I believed it for a while and I'm coming to not believe it so much anymore. This, this kind of, I remember it from Sunday school like this, and I don't really see it in the Bible, but it's just like the flesh and then the spiritual. And it's like two dogs and whichever one you feed. And there was this like, and I kind of had this dichotomy in my mind of this balance, right? That if you, sowing to the spirit is just doing all the spiritual things, all the spiritual disciplines, like prayer, Bible reading, going to church, you know, just that's, that's the spirit. And then carnal is everything else. And you just have to make sure that you, oh, that you go to church and pray more than you do carnal things, but just a little bit more because that dog just has to be a little bit stronger to win in a fight. And so it's just like, there's this, this kind of back and forth tug of war and, it, and it, it lends itself to a lot of abuse because and it, and it can just I'm going to speak openly to you there's this kind of idea that you can feed the spirit so much with these spiritual things that you're like this kind of superhuman that you're like you're like super faithful you're like super spiritual and then you you can kind of get away with a little more carnality I've, I've seen it, folks. I, I, I got outside the walls of Indiana Bible College and, and I started seeing some things. And I'm gonna be careful what I say, but, but I, I, the Lord taught me a lot in that season. I've, I've watched people, evangelists, walk through a church and, and because, literally said this, I, and prayed five hours a day. Five hours a day, okay? And so that gave him this kind of uber credibility, because he fed that spirit. And then he, he would say, he say, we did all these like things and he would say things like, you know, about, about when he would get carnal. And it just, it just rubbed my spirit the wrong way. I didn't know I was young and so I was trying to believe and, and it, just, it just was like, what is going on? It was this dichotomy. It was like I've sowed to the spirit so much that I can afford a little carnality. 
That's a lie, folks. That's a lie. You, you, can, never, it's, you can never earn carnality by being super spiritual. First of all, you know, I was just thinking about that. You know, I, now having children, you know, being a good dad is a spiritual discipline for me. You know, being present at home and, and kind of shaking off sometimes the, the things that I'm worried about here and going home and, and being dad, that's a spiritual discipline for me. You can talk to these fathers up here. It's not always easy. It's not always what you want to do. But you know, it's, it's a spiritual discipline. It's, it's, it's not sowing to carnality to be present for your family. It's called faithfulness. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not feeding the carnal side. God knows the things that you need. He knows you need a job. He knows you need to eat lunch. That's not carnality. That's called faithfulness. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, there's not this, this division between like, oh, this is the things I do in the carnal and then this is the things that I do in the spirit. No, we live unto the spirit. You're only gonna sow one type of seed. And God is not mocked. He knows what kind of seed's going in the ground. Because the carnal mind, the Bible says, is enmity against God. It's enmity. It's hatred of God. So let me, let me just, you, 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 you can't sing well enough or even pray well enough that you can afford to send nasty text messages when you are not praying. You can't hit the altar hard enough and weep and impress everybody or whatever you want to do and then get in some group chat and start smearing people mocking people. You know, we read it. You know, you have an opportunity to do good to those, especially those that are of the, the, the faith. You have an extra duty to those that are in the church to be kind and hospitable and loving. And God forbid Indiana Bible College becomes a place where others feel unwelcome because they don't dress in a certain way. Listen, preachers don't walk the red carpet. If you want the red carpet, this is not your place. This, this is not where you want to be. You need... This is, this is really not where you belong until you get your heart right. Can I just be strong? Because we here are unified under the desire to please him, not the desire to be cool. That's showing to the flesh. That's showing to carnality. Because this world will never think you're cool. In fact, they don't think anyone's cool. Because the world, the spirit behind the world is an, is an anti-human spirit. It pushes people so that you can be cool today and you'll be a loser tomorrow if you just say the wrong thing. If you just take, the, if you eventually get tired of going along with the lies. See, it's bigger than just an individual. So when we preach against the world, we're not against individuals. We're not against certain people. They, we understand they're children of God that have been lied to and deceived and are being manipulated. But we stand against the spirit of the age. We stand against the spirit of the age that traps people. And you, you cannot be cool enough for this world because the world's spirit hates you. It hate, really hates all humanity. It's pushing us to the brink of destruction and pushing us. And so you, we get that spirit in, in this school and this attitude. If, if we do, and it's gonna stop, because I'm praying against it, but if we get that spirit that certain crowds don't vibe with other crowds, and you're not cool enough to walk into the room that I'm in. God forbid. And, and, and listen to me. God's going to take care of Indiana Bible College. I'm worried about you because God is not mocked. Good luck trying to minister to people that you mock. 
You, you lead a worship team and you talk about how bad the soprano dresses and then you're gonna get up and try to worship with her? Good luck with that. Good luck feeling the anointing. Good luck. Good luck. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. You're gonna try to pastor or preach to people that you mock secretly? Oh, they're, you know, they're not cool. They, you know, they, they wear tennis shoes and stuff and they're, you know, they, oh, they're just, their hair, do you see their hair? Oh, but let's, let's worship the Lord together. And you think that's gonna work? You think that's gonna work? How, how hurt would you be if the staff had a group message going around talking about just how awful you were? Would you listen in class? <laughs> we get on there and, and I'm not talking about dealing with issues. That's, that's helping you. I'm, I'm talking about just mocking, making fun, laughing, poking fun. You, you got to be careful with that because you, God's not mocked. What you, what you sow, you're going to reap. You're going to reap. And listen to me. You, you surround yourself with people like that, they'll turn on you eventually. I just, you, you want to be bound by that, like getting ready every day in anxiety? that somebody's gonna mock your outfit? Good grief. I don't wanna live that way, folks. God has placed people and friends in my life that I trust implicitly. And I'm, I wanna be, I wanna, you know, I get up and I, I wanna look nice and I, thank God I have a wife for that. She helps me so much. I have to run my outfits by her. I wanna look appropriate. But I'm not, I'm not terrified of being criticized or mocked or made fun of. We don't want that kind of spirit here. We don't want that, because we we're not, we're not gonna sow to the flesh. Because God is not mocked. God is not mocked. So you gotta be careful with that. Because you will reap. But if, if the thought is, oh, I, it's, I'm not gonna reap, I, I, I'm, I've got so much. Careful. Because what you have right now is the grace of God giving you space to grow. And listen, I've been young before. I've been in your seat. We don't, we don't preach this from, from like some place of perfection. Been, I've been there. There's that temptation of the world, that temptation of arrogance to say, oh, you're, you're not gonna reap this. You're not gonna reap this. You can, you can sow this. And I want you to be careful because God is not mocked. But, the flip side of it is that you will reap if you faint not. Because if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap. If you, and what, and what kind of in my illustration, what, what I talk about sowing was selling out to the Spirit, giving everything to the Spirit of God, yielding your life, investing everything, being committed, you will reap. You will reap. You commit everything. You give every piece, every part of your life to God and you will reap. He will not disappoint you. He will not disappoint you. If you give it all to him, he will not disappoint you. You will reap in due season because you gotta wait or you put that seed in the ground and you would love for it to grow magically. You'd love to be able to put your whole field in a greenhouse, right, and sprinkle the fertilizer on and watch it come up, right? But it doesn't work that way. 
As, as, as advanced as we've gotten in technology, we still need the rain. There's no irrigation system like the one God created. We haven't improved upon the cloud that much because God still rides on a swift cloud and he still moves in at just the right time and he's the one that sends the rain over your life and he's the one that causes your ministry to blossom and he's not mocked. He sees your faithfulness in the night. He sees your faithfulness when nobody else sees it. He's not mocked. You don't have to put on. You don't have to make sure the right people see you. You don't have to make sure the right people know how good you are, how talented you are. You don't need to worry about how your business card looks and if you can sling it out there just right and make the right connections and do all this. You've got to make sure that he's pleased because he's not mocked. Because in due season, if you've planted that seed in the ground and you've invested everything and you've leveraged everything you've had and you just get that handful of seed and you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put everything in the ground because what I know is that God is not mocked, that whatsoever I sow, I will reap. And you just empty it out and you just say, I'm just going to, I'm just going to put everything. I'm going to put everything on the line. I'm going to pour everything out. I'm going to invest. I'm going to sow. I'm going to wait on the Lord. And then that cloud comes in because God rides on a swift cloud. And so it comes in and that dark cloud rolls in and the rain from heaven begins to come down. And then you say, thank the Lord because my investment. And then you just see that that first little leaf strike through. And you don't go in and cut it down and sell that thing because it's worthless. But what it is, it's just hope to you. It's not the crop yet, but it's just that first little breakthrough right through the ground. And you say, there it is. God was faithful, and then God answered. I was faithful, and then God answered. It's just that one little prayer that you've prayed. It's that one financial miracle that God did for you, and he's just showing you, I can bring the rain. I can bring the rain. You just sow faithfulness, and I can bring the rain. You just sow faithfulness, and I can bring the rain. You will reap. If you faint not. But see, the lie of the enemy, he'd love to sift you. He'd love to get you in one of these two camps. He'd love to tell you, oh, don't worry about that carnality. You're, you're, you're good enough to overcome that. No, you are not. You're playing with fire. You're handling a snake that you can't handle. You're play, you don't want to play around with your flesh. You don't want to play around with that thing because one day, one day, I, I, I preached a message before, you know, Herod and John the Baptist, you know, he didn't think that his stepdaughter was going to request the head of John the Baptist. And the Bible said he was sorrowful as soon as she requested it, but it's too late. It was too late because he'd already put his reputation on the line. He'd said it in front of all his ministers, and then he'd look weak as a king, and they'd be reporting back to Caesar, hey, this, this guy's weak. We need to kick him out and get a new king. So his, his, it was either his head or John the Baptist. You don't want to get in a place like that. You don't want to get in the place where, it's, where, where your ministry's right there on the chopping block, and you've exposed yourself to all these things, and then one day, whoo, the enemy comes in, and you're done for. You're done. Now, not that you can't be saved, but you can never minister again. Right? You, 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 you play with fire. You, you flirt with certain things. It's cool to flirt until there's a pregnancy. Whew. I didn't think that was coming. Well, yeah. Duh. Of course you didn't think it was coming. You wouldn't have done it. But the enemy loved to deceive you, trick you. You mess around with that pornography long enough and whew, you're homosexual. Let me just be strong with you. You, you, need, you need to repent of that. Because you're going to reap something. And I reject this idea of this kind of, all this uh, therapeutic stuff. You know, the best therapy is repentance. You know, you, you, can't, you can't get therapy out of sin. You've got to repent out of sin. And, and, and guess what? The grace of God is that you can do it. You can sow to the spirit. You do not have to sow to the flesh. That's a lie of the enemy that says you have to sow to the flesh. Oh, everybody's going to do it. Everybody's going to sow to the flesh. Everybody's good. So let's just get, let's just, you know, 
my, my wife... My wife was just reading about a new, a new education course where they're teaching uh, porn, pornography literacy because everybody's doing it, so let's at least do it safely. In schools, safely. This is coming, coming to a town near you, and you're going to have to minister in that environment, and so you better have a message from God. You better have a message from God. You better have more than just I want to be pleasing to this world because this world's going to push you and push you and push you until eventually, you, you know, you're protecting your little kids and you're like, you know what, I'm not sure my daughter's a son. So, and then the world thinks you're uncool. You know what I mean? So you've worked your whole life to be cool and then, it, then the world finally wants something. You grips your heart. Oh, I didn't think I'd have to give that up. Ooh. Right, you push and push and push and push. I've watched it. I've watched it in, my, in, in people that I know closely, and they push, and they give up stuff. Oh, well, that's okay. I can give that up. I can give that up. I can give that up. I can, I, you know, that's not really necessary. And then, then the world asks for something that is. But then there, it's too late. You've, you've already walked down that road, and so then you know, it takes a lot to repent and back out of that. So you, right now, while, while, while you're still sowing your seed, before, before the rains move in, you better examine what kind of seed you're putting in the ground. What are, you, what, are you, what are you sowing to? What are you, what, what, what's going to reap in your life? Because let me tell you, you will never be disappointed by giving everything to God. You will never be disappointed by sowing to the Spirit because you will reap. It will, it will pay off dividends. It will pay back everything, every sacrifice you've ever made. You, you can look at this platform as a testimony. They're here giving their life not because they reap worldly benefits, but because the rains have moved in and we've watched the crop of our life grow and say, God, only you could do this. You're worth it all. You're worth it all. You're worth it all. If you, if you knew the stories of Brother Turner and Brother Rodenbush and Sister Turner, they gave up their lives to go to a foreign field to reach people that were complete strangers to them. I watched, I watched, I, I was blessed to go to Russia, forgive me, but I was blessed to go to Russia on an AYC trip and at the end of that trip, if you've been on an AYC trip, you do that kind of circle talk where you, where you kind of give the testimony and it was, it was very powerful. And one, one of the ladies in the church there in St. Petersburg, she wanted, to, she wanted to testify. She spoke good English, she wanted to testify. And she looked, she looked at Brother Turner and she said, I thank God for this man because he brought the gospel to my nation. I never, it, 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 it moved me. Because you reap what you sow. How, how, much, how much value is that right there? What, what, what kind of value is that in heaven? You reap what you sow. And God is not mocked. You will reap. So my plea to you, sow to the Spirit. Sow to the Spirit. Make sure that you're being faithful. Make sure that, you're, that your life is lived in such a way that your, your whole life is lived for God. You, you shouldn't have entertainment that is, that is ungodly. It should just not be, you don't have a right to that. You don't have a right to that. You don't, you, you don't get to pray enough to earn that right. You, you shouldn't be crossing boundaries in a relationship. You don't have a right to that. They're not your spouse. They're not your spouse. You don't have a right to that. You can't, you, you can't sow to that. 
you're going to reap something, and it won't be faithfulness. You understand? When you're married, you, you know, coolness wears off, and, and, and hipness wears off, but faithfulness never wears off. That's what you want. That's what you desire. You're, you're sleepless, bleary-eyed, you know, 2 a.m., and you got kids, and they're screaming. You want somebody that's faithful, someone that's patient, someone that's kind, because three-year-olds make you go insane. And, you, and, and, and I've heard testimonies of teenagers. They, they don't keep it all together all the time. And so you just, you gotta have somebody that's faithful. Faithfulness never wears off. So in the eyes of God, faithfulness never wears off. You're good at every season of your life. You're, because faithfulness is what counts. Sow to the spirit and you won't be disappointed. Sow to the spirit. And I'm, I'm coming to a close if, if the musicians could help me. Because here's my altar call today. Here's my appeal to you. Because we're about, we're, we're about to head into this break. We've got two chapels left, and I'm looking forward to both of them. Our last student chapel and, of course, our last chapel with Pastor Carson. I'm looking forward to these chapels. But this is my last opportunity to speak to you before you head into break. I want you to look at the, I want you to take stock of your life. And I want you to say, what am I investing in? What am I investing in? Am I investing in the right things? Because what kind of seed you're putting in the ground, you will reap. You will reap. And so if you've, if you've allowed the enemy to lie to you and say, your faithfulness doesn't matter, I come against that lie. I come against that lie in the name of Jesus. You will reap if you faint not. Just don't give up. Tenacity, commitment, spiritual discipline. Don't give up. Don't give up. You can feel weak, but don't resign to be weak. Oh, I'm just a weak person. Keep fighting. Keep pushing. Keep sowing. Keep repenting. Keep asking God to work on me. Keep sowing to the Spirit. And if you've been sowing too much to the flesh... The good news is, it's not harvest time yet. It's not harvest time yet. God's merciful. He's good. You just dig that seed up and say, God, I'm sorry. Just ditch it out. Throw it away at an altar. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. And he put new seed in the ground. I was, I was hedging my bets, God. I was planting two seeds together. I was... I was mixing them together and the one's gonna choke out the other, God, and so I'm gonna just dig all this up and I'm gonna start over. Fresh seed in the ground, fresh consecration, fresh commitment, a reminder of why it is I came to Indiana Bible College. Because I, I carry that weight because I have a duty to you, to your pastor, to your parents, those that have invested in you, those that have mentored you. I have a duty to you to make sure that you don't, what you start in the spirit, you don't try to finish in the flesh. Because I, I believe it. When I stand here at orientation and I look at those eyes of those new students, I feel it. I feel the anointing there. That, that, that I, I, I almost went to a secular school, but I didn't. Or I almost took that job opportunity and I didn't. Or I faced opposition, but I, but I got through it. And here I am, and I never thought I'd be here at Indiana Bible College. And here I am, and I feel that. But what I don't want is for that that first initial seed to be overwhelmed by carnality, overwhelmed with the spirit of this world, 
overwhelmed by arrogance, overwhelmed by the belief that I can get away with it. I can get away with it. I'm not gonna reap this. I, don't, I, I carry that weight and I don't want that to be you because we're gonna go on as an institution, but your life, you will reap what you sow. But those of you that are faithful and just, you're just planting that seed in the ground and you, you thought, I thought I, IBC would be easier than this. I thought things would work out at home and they've gotten worse. And I, I thought the money would be there and it's actually not there. And, but see, God's not mocked. Faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. You just keep sowing that faithful seed. You just keep putting it out there and you just wait on the rain to come. Stand with me all across this place. So my appeal to you today, sow to the Spirit. Sow to the Spirit. Find an altar of repentance and sow to the Spirit. Let the Lord minister to you and be encouraged that he sees your faithfulness. He sees what you've walked through and he knows. And you know, for some of us, it might be a mix because every now and then we need to go to church and feel the pang of conviction. And for some of us, maybe there's, we've been flirting with some things that we need to repent of before it's too late. It's just that, it's just the way the word of God works. It can penetrate any heart and any life. And my prayer today, not that you believe me, but that you believe his word because you will sow what you reap or you will reap what you sow. So this altar right here is gonna be a place where we lay some seed in the ground, where we start sowing to the Spirit. I want you to lift your hands all across this place right now. Lord, we need you in this moment, God, to talk to us, to help us. God, we need you, Lord Jesus, to begin to work on our hearts and our lives. And God, I pray for those students, God, that have been tricked or fooled into believing, Lord, that they will not reap. Maybe they're fooled because they feel like no one sees their faithfulness. God, I pray you would encourage those students and that you would let them see that first little leaf pop through the ground. I pray, God, that you would touch them, Lord. And maybe there are students here God, under the sound of my voice, that they, they came in with such passion and desire and they've allowed the things of this world to pull them away from their commitment to you. I pray, Lord, that they would find a new place of commitment. I pray, Lord, that they would find a new place, God, where they can say, I give it all to you. Lord, I don't want to minister, God, and be lost myself. I don't want to be used in your kingdom but lose my own soul, God. And I don't want that for these students. I don't want them to sing under the anointing but not have personal consecration. I don't want them to preach a beautiful message, God, but lose themselves, Lord. But I want them to sow to the Spirit so that they can reap life everlasting. Come on, this altar's open. This altar's open. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to come and respond. I want to challenge you to look at, this, take stock of your life and say, God, what is it? What is it in my life that I can lay down, that I can surrender, that I can give? 
That's it right now. Somebody needs to leave encouraged today. Somebody needs to leave fresh today. You don't need to walk out with the same struggle that you walked in. That battle of your mind. That battle of your mind. You don't need to walk out with it. You need to lay it on the altar. You need to lay it on the altar. You need to sow some things in the spirit. And you need to trust that you're going to reap that. That's it right now. Come on, all across this place. All across this place. All across this place right now. Come on, you're going to reap. You're going to reap. Come on, put some repentance in the ground. It always grows up good. You always reap the fruit of that. That's how you sow to the Spirit. You repent. Say, God, sorry I didn't see things the way they really were. Sorry I lost sight. Sorry I got distracted. That's it right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah.